This is Jimmy Scroggins. I'm the lead pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. Are you tired of going to conferences, reading books, and listening to speakers who tell you how to do church when you know that you cannot do what they are recommending? You've come to the right place on our podcast. We're going to give you principles, strategies, and ideas that you can implement right now with the resources you have at your church because this is church for the rest of us. Hey, welcome back to Church for the Rest of Us. Jimmy Scroggins here at the Family Church Complex downtown West Palm Beach in South Florida, the epicenter of the Corona apocalypse in the world. Yes. And I'm here with my co-host Leslie Bennett, as always. Leslie, good to see you. And Pastor Aaron Philippone, who oversees our Family Church Gardens campus, but also oversees all of our campus pastors and directors. And he's been my good friend for many, many years and a frequent guest on the podcast. So, Welcome, everybody. Now, the last podcast, we talked about our anticipation of our August the 2nd family reunion services. First time we're going to gather face-to-face since March. Yeah. Leslie, what happened? Well, we had a little interruption called Isaias. Is that how you said it? I, I could never say, say I could <laughs> never I say the name of this storm because I thought it was supposed to be Isaias or something. Anyway, so yeah. my Spanish. This is, is just like rusty. me pronouncing Bible names. Exactly. I have no idea. So anyway, we had a hurricane that turned into a tropical storm, so we ended up canceling our in-person gatherings for this Sunday. I will say that, as unfortunate as that was, it did put a spotlight for us how much we've learned during the Corona apocalypse. Because we were more equipped than ever to go ahead and have yeah. church anyway. That's right. Because we were going to have online church. And we were really equipped to communicate out to our whole church body that we weren't going to be able to gather in person. So Yeah, it's neat that you say that because I think last year we had, because we have hurricane scares every year, if mm-hmm. not hurricanes. And so last year we were like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? We're going to send cameras over to Jimmy's house. Like, how are we going to have church this weekend of some sort? And this year, it's like, oh, it's already recorded. We already know exactly how to do it. we got a social media presence that's a lot better than it has ever been. We've got an email list when people actually open our emails now. And so we've just learned so much about how to communicate. And so we really felt it's kind of a, kind of a neat... It was, yeah. It's fun know. to see how much we've learned and how much we've grown. Carly, obviously, was a huge part of that, our whole communications team. So... We'll see what happens this week. I, I Has anybody checked the tropical forecast? I think we're clear. Okay. For now. Right, so but who knows? We're going to have okay, family so, reunion chapel services on <laughs> this Sunday. My 11-year-old August Caleb night. Scroggins, my 11-year-old uh, watches the Weather Channel like obsessively. <laughs> he does. And so he actually knows a lot about meteorology. So he's like, now, Dad, the reason that we're having more hurricane activity expected this year is because of the warm waters. The waters are unusually warm in the Atlantic, which mm-hmm. creates upward movement of air and it just feeds into hurricanes. So he's explaining it to me. He says, "Now, Dad, there's a couple of there's a couple of storms over in Africa that we're watching right now." Okay, good. <laughs> that's what, that's All right, I'm going to call night. Caleb. All right, when <laughs> so, I need an update. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm just put on because I, I think Caleb is kind of weird that you like <laughs> are this into this. But uh, ask okay. Caleb why they always happen on Sundays. That's what I want to know. Why do the hurricanes? <laughs> oh, he always probably roll has a theory Sundays. for that. Yeah. Caleb's really into the weather. So that didn't happen. So we are hopefully going to have our as we're recording this our first. Face-to-face gatherings are going to occur this coming Sunday for us, which will be August the 9th. And by the time you guys hear this, that will have already happened, and we'll report to you how that happened. But anyways, Aaron, we're trying to work through all kinds of things. We're still trying to make some forward progress, and we are excited about some things that we're trying during the Corona apocalypse. I do think that things are going to be different now, 
And let's talk about a few things that we're, that we're trying. Yeah, sure. So obviously one of the biggest things we're going to try are these chapel services on Sunday morning. So really for the last four or five months, we've been online. We've had right. Sunday morning production online. It's been excellent. It's been a great way to hold our church family together. And throughout different times over the last four or five months, we felt at certain times ready to open the building and then at right. other times not ready. And, right. and now we're at a place where we can open the buildings. But to go back and do what we were doing in February, boy, it sure does take a lot of work, a lot of employees, mm-hmm. a lot of technical expertise. And we just decided, man, we may not have all of that right now and be able to do what we're doing online. And so what would it look like if we could just make it a more simple, less complicated way for us to gather the people of God. So that's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to have one musician on the platform, guy with a guitar or a person behind keyboard, leading a couple of songs, probably a hymn or two, and a short message. We'll take the Lord's Supper together and no dedicated kids ministry, no dedicated student ministries. You know, the only hospitality we may have is water and coffee after church, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. Just a very simplified way of regathering the people and we want to just check the appetite of our people and see how willing they are to gather because we really don't know. Right. I think we're about to find out unless we are also, you know, we're being, we've said repeatedly on our show, we don't believe in telling people we're going to keep them safe mm. because we don't think we have the ability to keep anyone safe. This is a contagious virus and a deadly virus. And the more you gather with more people, the higher risk you are putting yourself at higher risk for the virus. We recognize that, but we also think that we want to live our lives. And there's a segment of our church that wants to gather and is willing to take that risk and on balance because they don't feel like they're vulnerable or whatever. But we're still going to do some things in order to mitigate the risk as much as we reasonably can. So why don't you talk to us a little bit about that, those things that we're doing? Yeah. So we did cover this. If you haven't heard our last podcast, so we talked about that. And on our website, gofamilychurch.org forward slash family reunion, we have all of this information. So we just put out some simple house rules for people to think about as we gather. Um, We are going to require masks. Um, We are going to be sanitizing the surfaces and most of our campuses. We used to just like wallow around in the dirt, but now we're sanitizing. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Reminding people to wash their hands. I mean, doing all the things that we're supposed to do. I think one of the things I think that we've done which I like is just told people, let's respect one another's personal space when we gather. I'm reminding people that people feel differently about the pandemic. And then, of course, reminding them that if you don't feel well, the safest place to worship is family church at home. I am curious, Aaron, um, most of our campuses, even though we haven't um, laid out a specific plan for them, like this is how you're going to seat people and this is how people are going to move around. I do feel like most of our campuses are making some sort of plan um, for seating people. So maybe you could speak to what we're doing sure. in that regard. Yeah. Well, all of our venues look different, right? right? So uh, these were not buildings that we built. Most most of them were buildings that were already built and we just kind of reconfigured. And so some of them have fixed seating. So you can't really move the chairs around at our downtown campus here where we're recording this. We have pews, so you can't easily move pews around. Our gardens campus has built-in theater seats. They're bucket seats like what you'd see in a movie theater. And some campuses do have seats that can be moved around. And so for those campuses, they're clustering them strategically in a way that they can socially distance people. At the Gardens campus, we have ushers that are actually ushering people in to help seat them so that there's distance between people. I think we're doing the same at the downtown campus and we're also roping off every other pew and just doing our very best. We really don't know how many people are going to show up. So one of the things that we're going to do at a couple of our campuses this weekend is, hey, when the service starts, we're not going to let all of our volunteers and staff go in yet. Mm. We're going to hold them back so that if the room feels full, then we can make the call on the fly and say, hey, we're going to add a service at 11 o'clock 
for those volunteers and staff. That way it's not advertised. It's not something we're promoting, but it gives us flexibility so that the room doesn't feel overly packed. That's good. Yeah, I hope that that is the problem that we have. I hope uh, so too. Yeah, most, <laughs> most of our friends that have opened around the country have started with a plan for overflow and, oh my gosh, what if? And it's not really been the problem. And so, but I hope that we're an outlier. I would love to see that. Uh, we'll tell you guys on Church for the Rest of Us what happened uh, next episode. But some other things that we're doing that we are we are trying to gather people because we've, we've become convinced that, that people will gather I don't think the majority of our church is going to want to gather with hundreds and hundreds of people, but they are gathering with smaller groups of people for a little birthday parties or dinners with friends or uh, get togethers. And I know a few people who won't do that, but almost everyone I know does have kind of a group that they're willing to gather with. And it's not purely rational, right? So like I know people who will be happy to gather with my family, even though they're relatively careful about the virus, but that's crazy because my family, I mean, I have teenagers, college students. I mean, you're crazy to get together with them if you're virus averse because, I mean, there's no telling where all they've, they've been. But there's people who just feel We don't want to know where all they've been. Yeah, and, and I, I don't either, and, and, I, and I'm sure that I don't. So that's, that's kind of like, I just think it's not a purely rational situation that we're in. I think it's more relational. And so we've thought about that. So we, so we have some friends that are trying to do house churches and some other things like that in this time. I'm not sure that's going to work because I don't think you can just say, hey, uh, the Bennetts are opening their home this Sunday. Whoever wants to come over to the Bennetts if you live in this zip code, because for one thing, the Bennetts don't want a bunch of people they don't know coming into their house right now. And the people who don't know the Bennetts don't want to go over there. And so I don't think the house church model is going to work well for us in South Florida. The way we would typically launch groups is the same. So we would say, hey, our engineer here, Carly Seelman, she's going to host a group for singles in her apartment. And if you're interested in that on Tuesday night, Here's her email and y'all can all go over there. But she doesn't want a bunch of singles she doesn't know coming over there right now. And they don't want to get so that's not gonna work. So Aaron, we've talked about how can we create some some opportunities and some encouragement for people to gather as they're willing without making them feel compelled to be with large groups of people or people that they don't know. Yeah, you're right. So much of this is is feelings based. And so it's really hard to to make a, a fact or data driven decision on this. But we do have a lot of things that we can be excited about, some things that I'm personally excited about a couple of things that I've been to in particular. One, our student ministry is hosting these meetup opportunities. And a lot of our campuses are doing this in different ways, whether it's at the beach or on a ball field or in a park somewhere. And uh, this has given parents an opportunity to catch up with each other on the sidelines while their kids are playing flag football or doing whatever they're doing. And so I personally went to one that my son Caleb was invited to. And it was a lot of fun. It was outdoors. Um, the the people that were there probably wouldn't show up to a gathering with hundreds or with people that they don't know, but they would show up at this and they brought guests. So like for the first time in a long time, we're seeing more guests showing up at some of these micro events, some of these meetup events that we're hosting. Uh, another event that I had a chance to go to was a, one of those watch parties, a house party that was hosted. We have these friends, Richard and Kimberly, and they invited uh, three or four families over on a Sunday morning to turn on our Sunday morning broadcast they had Lord's Supper elements ready. They had uh, note-taking sheets printed out for everybody. And many of the people that were there probably wouldn't show up with hundreds and hundreds of people, but they would show up to something like that at a home where they knew some friends were going to be there and they felt comfortable. And it was fun. And it was a way for us to be around each other and be with you know real people that are actually with right. you in the flesh. Right. And so I think, and we had another guest show up at that. So I think there's some opportunities in front of us that we're we're learning and realizing as we, as we continue to explore some of these things. Yeah, I think those are really important because I've experienced the same thing as a dad. So my kids are doing the same thing. They're going to the beach, they're going to the meetups. 
that our student ministry is having. It's been amazing to me how much my kids want to go. And we've had really good turnouts to these. And we've had, so I've been encouraged by that as well. Leslie, I wonder, you and your husband are empty nesters. Yeah. I wonder how you react to all this. Because I know that, you know, you and George, you've been like all in at our church, you guys, for two decades, more than that. How are you guys feeling about all of these different gathering, not gathering, meetups? How does that affect you? I mean, there's not one answer to that question. Do you want to know how I feel or do yeah. you want to know how my husband feels? Well, because, I mean, that's that's a little bit of a, you know, well, I, think I think that's every the home. reality that we're in is that we don't necessarily feel the same way. So we go to our Sherbrooke campus and we're going to gather in person this Sunday. I'm going to go. I'm not 100% sure that my husband's going to go, um, which is fine. So you'll be so, one of those wives, my husband doesn't come to church. Right. <laughs> okay. but George is a great thing, Christian, by yeah, the way. He thing, comes to church. He, he does. He's a great yeah. Christian. Um, another thing I'm excited about, though, I would like to try the watch party idea because we have some good friends, also empty nesters. We grew up together. Their daughter's married now, so her and her husband and my daughter is local. And we've talked in the past about it. It would be fun to try to do a Bible study with our kids we weren't sure how to pull that off um, to like rope our young adult kids into Bible study with their parents. So I think we're going to do a watch party, have breakfast, have the kids over, and then have a discussion about the sermon. That's what we're hoping to do. So I'm really excited about that. That's a cool I mean, thing. That's a great opportunity for us to engage with our young adult people. Hopefully they don't listen to this podcast or they'll know your trick. No, they will know. (laughs) It's not a trick. I mean, I just think it'll be fun. So I think there's all kinds of configurations and things that you can do. Another thing I really would love to try is to invite my neighbors over to a watch party because we're pretty close to our neighbors. So I think that I could invite them. You want to come over Sunday morning? We'll have breakfast. We'll watch Mm -hmm. church together. And I'm going to give that a shot. Wow. What a great idea. So those are the kinds of things that we want to try to get get our people engaged in. I mean, you know, one of the discouraging things for me as a pastor is I'm a pretty like a aggressive, risk-taking, forward-thinking, like I like to be on offense kind of a leader. And that's our posture at Family Church all the time. But in this environment, I lack confidence that any of our initiatives are going to succeed in a big way because we like to do big initiatives where we can measure, oh my gosh, we did this and then we had this level of growth or we put on, you know, we put forward this campaign and we raised this much money or we emphasize baptism, we had this many baptisms. This corona apocalypse is kind of causing me to rethink basically everything that I've always tried to accomplish in ministry. And it makes me even wonder how much of my what I would regard as my ministry success metrics are culturally bound. And I don't know, it's just caused me to think because I'm sitting here looking at all this stuff like I don't know, like how successful are these meetups really going to be and how many people can really reach through watch parties and what are we on the other hand, I think, you know what? God's sovereign, like God's not knocked off his pins by the coronavirus, and Jesus is still the head of his church, and the gospel is still powerful to save, and we're still surrounded by a sea and ocean of of lost people. We still have a lot of resources relative to other Christians around the world or throughout church history. We have tons of freedom relative to other Christians around the world or throughout church history. So it's like, I know that Jesus wants us to steward our church well and effectively during this time. And it's making me almost like go back and break all of the habits and the things that I've developed over decades in ministry and think, okay, well, that can't be what Jesus wants me to do right now with his church as a as an under shepherd. 
because it's not possible. Right. Mm-hmm. right. So I don't know if that resonates with yeah. you guys. Well, it sure does. I, I think, Jimmy, I think the month of August is going to be an incredible sociological experiment for us at Family Church. And it's going to give us a learning opportunity to see what are people actually going to do. And one of the things I'm most proud of with our church and our pastors is that they really are good shepherds. They know their people. And so uh, what we're going to do throughout the month of August is figure out where are the people? Are they showing up? Are they not? Are they at home? And just seeing who's actually showing up on Sunday gives us an opportunity to cross-check some lists and figure out who's not here. And then we're going to crack the code. We've got to figure out how do we disciple them from wherever they are. If they're showing up in person at a chapel service, we're going to have a way to disciple them there. If they're going to stay at home and join us at Family Church at Home, we're going to disciple them there. And we're going to find ways to have digital groups, in-person groups. We're going to have some events. We're going to have some ways to disciple them. But the gospel is going to go forward. Jesus is still on the throne. This just gives us a way to figure out what is the appetite of people and how do we help disciple them in the middle of it. Yeah, I think it's so important because we're supposed to be under shepherds. And so if the if the church on the biblical metaphor is are, are the sheep, the church people, it's kind of like you can't sit there and expect the sheep to practice self-care. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's not, not what shepherds do. Yeah, shepherd, <laughs> shepherds don't say, shepherds can't say. And the thing of it is like, look, we believe as Baptists that we're we're shepherds, but we're also sheep. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that we're superior in any way to the people in our church, but I'm just saying that our task from God is to shepherd the flock of God. And so we have to find ways to care for the sheep, even if the ways we used to do it aren't possible. So I think you're exactly right, Aaron, just, just thinking uh, creatively and innovatively about, so what... I'm kind of sick of people telling me what we used to do. Mm. Who cares? Mm-hmm. We're not going to be able to do that anymore for a while. Maybe never. I was talking to Al Mohler this week on the phone, and one of the questions he asked me said, hey, Jimmy, if if scientists developed a vaccine and you knew that within 90 days the virus would be completely eradicated, what do you think is going to happen to your church in 90 days? Do you think 100% of the people are going to come back and it's going to snap back to how it was before? And I don't. I just don't. I think some of the people who used to attend once a month or once every six weeks are going to attend zero. Mm-hmm. And I think people have gotten out of the habit. I think the people for whom church was marginally relevant, it's become irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Boy, I think we're going to have to restart everything. So I almost feel like even in August, we're replanting every church. So we're going to kind of figure out, hey, if we used to be a church of 1,800 at our downtown campus, well, now what are we? Mm-hmm. Not what do we wish we were or what do we think we are, but like what are we actually in terms of our face-to-face attendance? And then the other thing, Aaron, that you said about the the pastors knowing their flock is so vital because I was talking to Larry Mayer, who's one of the pastors at our West Campus yesterday, and I said, look, Larry, here's what I need you to do. Don't be upset about who comes or doesn't come to your face-to-face gatherings. Have the face-to-face gathering. If you have, you used to have 300 people, but now you have 60 people, or what, I don't care. Figure out what it is and let's work with them. But then let's figure out where those other, you know, if you have 300 people on an average Sunday, then you probably have four to 500 people who would call it that you know, their church home, let's do our best, get on the phone and let's figure out where are the people. We have a database. That's we right. Know we names. know their we names. Their phone we numbers. Have their, so let's find them all and yeah. say, okay, these people left the church because they're not coming back for whatever reason. These people are now going to another church. These people moved during the Corona, during the last six months. These people are still in, but they're not going to show up face to face right now. Okay. So like you said, Aaron, okay, so what are we going to do then? And I don't think just saying, Hey, we put it on the internet. I hope y'all all get fed is the answer. Like right. there's gotta be more to it than that. And we're gonna have to leverage our staff and our energy towards all of that. Leslie, I wonder if you have any uh, closing words as we kind of wind this discussion down. 
Well, I think it's very exciting what you were talking about, Pastor Jimmy, because it feels like the book of Acts. And sometimes God has to do something to move us out of our comfort zone so that the gospel can go where God wants the gospel to go. And I do think that there's a lot of online possibility out there. We're talking about that with Family Church at Home, and we're going to do some more things. We'll probably just do another episode on the things that we're thinking about online and how we want to continue to reach out to people, like you said, shepherd those people, not just hope you watch but we want to know that you're watching. We want to engage with you. We do want to disciple you. So we're trying to figure that out, um, trying to figure out some other creative things to do. In fact, you might want to talk a moment about the new podcast that oh, we're going to release. Yes. Um, so we have this podcast, Church for the Rest of Us, and we're getting ready to release another one called The Mom Village. Yeah, and I'm not leading this podcast. No, you're not I'm not even going to be on you're the not podcast. You're not on that podcast. Yeah, so the mom village. Your better half is on that's that correct. So three of our uh, pastor's wives at Family Church, Jesus Marie Ramos and Akira uh, Kelly and Kristen Scroggins are going to host this podcast called the Mom Village, and they're just going to have mom conversations about things that are pertinent to moms. And this was kind of Jesus Marie uh, really had this idea of having a multicultural podcast. She. She grew up in Puerto Rico. English is her second language. Uh, Kira Kelly's African-American. My wife's just plain Southern Southern Bell, Southern Bell, white bread, <laughs> I guess. And so we're going to, but they're all great friends. And so we're going to talk and they're going to host some other moms from our staff. We're going to be on from other moms from our church some other moms from around the country that have expertise. And they're just going to talk about different things that moms have to deal with. And they're going to start the first few episodes are going to be about homeschooling because that's basically every mom in America <laughs> yeah. is trying to figure that out. And these moms are going to share. So I'm excited about the mom village. And so everybody listening, if you want to pass that along to uh, moms in your church or moms in your life, I'd encourage you to give it a shot. And that's going to come out. That's going to release when? It's going to release August 12th. And we're tethering it to church for the rest of us. So you can find it at the familychurchnetwork.com as well as on Google Play and Apple Podcasts. Yeah. So. Check it out. It's going to be a good time. I'm looking forward to that. Pastor Aaron, any parting words from you? I would say these are great days. And so whether you're a pastor of a large church, a small church, medium-sized church, whether you're full-time, bivocational, part-time, whatever, you are God's person to lead this church at this time. And so don't squander the opportunity. These are great days. I hope you're leaning in and looking forward to what God is doing. And man, we're learning a lot. So we'll see what, what God does at Family Church in the month of August. Yeah. So thank you for listening, everybody. Please get in touch with us on social media. Email us. Call us. Check out our show notes. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to engage with you. We would do anything we can to be a blessing and encouragement to you. I'm not kidding about that. I really mean it. This is Jimmy Scroggins, Leslie Bennett, Aaron Philippone, Carly Silman. We're signing off from the complex downtown West Palm Beach, the epicenter of the Corona Apocalypse. This has been Church for the Rest of Us. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want your feedback on today's podcast. Plus, we want to know what you are doing because we want to learn from you too. Hey, until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins, and you've been listening to Church for the Rest of Us.